Hello, hello, and welcome to this latest edition of the Ian Prendercast, another Carlton podcast brought to you as always by the good people at MGA and 121 Media. My name is Sean Peterbudge, and we're here to do it again, but fortunately for us and for all of you involved, there's only a couple of more of these to go. There's one next week, and we'll probably do a season recap, and that'll see us out. Um, we get six months of uh, outside detention. Or what do you want to call it, uh, Dr. Davis? What do you get? You get, uh, like, leave from the prison for it's, a day release. Uh, well, it's a day, they do talk a day release, but we're obviously getting a little bit longer than that, so we kind of end up having our... Um, uh, they do talk about... Is it having our sentence communicated. Was it, is that what it is? Where they're letting so, us out for a little bit longer and to see but if... You, but then you've got to report into your uh, local police station or whatever it ends up being, so... Yeah, once a week. For 22 so what, weeks. So what was yesterday? A conjugal visit? Well, one of us got fucked. Well, some, yeah. somebody got fucked. Yeah. <laughs> uh, very, very good. How are you, Dr. Davis? Um, yeah, I, I, I'm a bit numb to yesterday. It was a little bit weird. I um, like all. I think all of us, when we saw the ins and outs during the week and then Paddy Cripps is laid out, you just thought, we just don't have the soldiers left to go out and combat these guys. And... I think throughout the whole season, Port have been the flat track bullies and proved to be again yesterday. And some of their attitudes and the way that they went about it was pretty shitful, to be honest. And we might touch on that a little bit later on. But what we thought would happen happened, and they while teased we, us. While we're disappointed about it, you kind of thought there was no there was no surprise in what happened, with the exception of I didn't think that we would concede 19 goals in a row. They teased us off, you know, from the off. We actually played some okay stuff, which we will touch yeah. on. But, yeah, I'm I'm sure you're a bit like me, Timbo, in that, you know, certain times when you're not playing finals, you know, you reach the end of the season and you sort of breast the tape, if you will, you know, positively and with purpose, and you kind of go, geez, that, was a, that wasn't a bad finish, was it? A bit Rowan Browning in, the, in his heat where you kind of went, geez, that was a good... That was a really good effort. Let's. I, I want to see more of this. It's a shame we're not going to type thing. Correct. And then there's what we're experiencing now, where it's like, can we just forfeit? Yeah. No, absolutely. I would happily not play next week. It's where the where I, the I end of the season. See the positive. Yeah. Where the end of the season, Timbo, in the recreational, you know, basketball or indoor soccer comp, when you're just like, can we just, can we just have a couple of weeks off? <laughs> I'm happy to forfeit this one and just be done with it. Forfeit it. Pay the refs. Get yeah, on the, can we get, just get on the beers? I just want to, you know, I don't need this. Yeah. Uh, the man who's keeping silent on the other end um, is Faber Ganoush, of course. He doesn't like me telling you when he goes to McDonald's out there, so that'll stop from now on. He's a very private man, and he he was very oh. very put out by that. He sent me a very stern text telling me to stop, to cease and desist. I gave you a digital backhand because you don't need to tell every Tom, Dick and Harry. You don't need to document my whereabouts every two minutes. I didn't say where, which McDonald's you were at. <laughs> Does it matter? <laughs> I just like, he was so put out by it, and I told him, look, calm down. Have your Snickers, just relax. And he did, he calmed down pretty quickly. I think that there might have been something else afoot. And I was just the nearest that he could whack. You're lucky you weren't face-to-face, otherwise I would have throttled you. But we digress. How are we, Sean? I'm pretty well. Now, look, I'm sure you were like me, Fab, you know, when you saw the team finalise yesterday, and I think we were all a little bit nervy, but 
um, we, we were naturally keen to see, you know, if and how certain players took their chance because, you know, with, with no San, Sancho or Martial in at the start and obviously Cavani <laughs> wasn't there and, you know, we're missing Varane, you know, understandably just at the moment. Um, Rashford's obviously out until like October. Um, it was pretty good to see how it all panned out in the end. It panned out fantastically. Um, it was a dominant display from start to finish. Um, not even an absolute worldie could stop us. Um, banging. What's, what's that guy ailing? He's got a lot of the old Cade Simpson slash Brett Thorntons about him. <laughs> like he puts in the worldie, which is a complete fluke. Good on him. He'll never do it again in his life. But he spends the rest of the afternoon just pointing and being aggravated that he himself's <laughs> yeah. out of position. His, t- yeah. his opponent's got the better of him. He was so angry. And it's just like, mate, just calm down. It's not your day. You're a bit out of your depth. That's fine. Uh, this is, of course, the Stratford End podcast. We're going to talk about Manchester United and their 5-1 demolition of dirty, dirty leads. Well, um, let's not limit it to that. Let's in, in, you know include our good friend Dr. Davis and talk about Arsenal and the... Uh, the clock end, maybe. The rabble of the YouTube channel that that club has become. The clock end podcast with Tim Davis. That was a good start out at Brentford. Well, it was probably the wrong team to come up to. What are you talking um, about? Timbo. <laughs> they had a point to prove. They had a point to oh prove. They came out of we, we were – I've not seen any of this, thank God. Um, but it was if it, it was the absolute worst possible start short of coming up against uh, whoever it was a few years. It was a Liverpool or a Man City we played a couple of years ago and got done 8-2 in the first week in use. So it thought, sounds like you're just making... I don't, don't think it's our year. It just sounds like you're making the sort of excuses that ordinary teams do, but... Yeah, well, that's that. That's it. It's, it's. I guess what's frustrating, and it's a little bit like a Carlton preseason. Sometimes you come up against a Richmond, and you've you've heard positive things. There's been good acquisitions, and you sort of think, just go out and put it out in the park. And a um, couple of guys missing from your best eleven. Um, but gee, she wasn't good, was she? Timbo, so, you didn't come up against a Richmond. You came up against a Carlton. Let's well, no, but you yeah. came up against like just Don a Vale. different, different form of Carlton ourselves. <laughs> like this is the thing that frustrates me. You know, like Arsenal fans here. Like even okay, you know what a good example is Spurs. Has anyone checked on Ash? I have. I haven't been on Twitter. No, no. I think he's Spurs. taking it okay. But like Spurs play City, for instance. Yep. And if you're that's the that's the free swing game where you're yep. like, if we get something out of it, beautiful. But realistically, we're probably going to lose. That's fine. We're going to lose whether we play them on match day one or match day 30. That's fine. That's how it, that's how it shakes out. Arsenal, you're sitting there going, oh, geez, playing Brentford was a nightmare start. You're kidding me, Timbo. Well, it's but with the point being that was it was the free swing... It was the first shot at the at the big leagues. I hadn't played in the, pro- um, the top division for seventy five years, Tim. No, exactly right. And 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 it, I reckon, I genuinely reckon, whoever they would have come up against with crowds back in and all that sort of stuff, I reckon they would have quitted themselves. We are we are taking votes. the piss. City would have beat them. City would have beat them seven 0 We are taking the piss maybe, a bit because, like, maybe. Fab, we've spoken in the past <laughs> about like. I think there was a game United played out at Burnley and it was a perfect storm. It's early in the season. It was about 10 or 11 years ago. It's early in the season. Their depth hasn't been tested. The weather's still nice. You know, they're fresh. They're humming. They haven't been beaten down, you know, yet. So their tails are up. And I think we lost 1-0 and someone scored a beautiful, like a really nice volley. Mm. And you're kind of going, in retrospect, you can see that result coming. If we played them in six or eight weeks' time... They're yeah, just they're, they're, they're cool. So yeah. we are taking the piss out of you, Timbo, but Arsenal are in a world of pain. 
They are, they, are, be, they are a soft target, is what they are. They are going to be just... Who's worse, Arsenal or Carlton? Uh, prob- probably Arsenal. Yeah. Be- oh. because, because I think Arsenal has the expectation they should be a little bit closer than what... Like, we had the expectation that everything went right this year. We'd play finals, um, but nothing did. So you sit there and go... Here, I'm saying it again. Em's going to be so upset with me. It's your thing. <laughs> Last week you said it. You got caught in a loop. You said it about five times in 30 seconds. <laughs> I thought you were broken. I was talking to my wife this morning and realised I was saying it there as well. <laughs> I thought, I've got to find a different phrasing. <laughs> Just don't find it, Timber. Let it go. There are Just similarities, though. Like Arsenal, for instance, go out. They need a central defender, and they spend £50 million on Ben White. Ben White. And you're yeah. like, this, this could be disastrous. Yep. It's not that he's bad. But you've paid double it what might, he's worth. It might be but exactly you, 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 exactly you, need, <laughs> you, need, you need him to be really, really good. And because until you actually see them in action, you sit there and you go, yeah, okay, <laughs> you, you want him, you've gotten your guy, you've brought him in, so let's see what he's got. And um, you see what he's got, and you're like, can we return him? <laughs> Again, exactly like Zach Williams. Is there a cooling yeah. off period? Ah, <laughs> uh, very good. No, but it was very pleasing, obviously, from a number of fronts. Obviously, when your team gets a win, it's great, and your team leads off the season with a big win against a big rival. It's even better. But I think, obviously, the the images beaming back home um, to us of stadiums packed to the rafters and and all that was quite chastening, quite confronting, and quite frustrating. I think we'll yep. all agree. Yeah. Um, we want to kick off. With Prenda DJ wrap up, Fabian. Yeah, well, you've caught me out. I was expecting this to come late, but um, last week's track was a what do they call it? A mashup, an MTV mashup between Jay Z and Lincoln Park. Uh, You're a bit street like that, don't you? You fancy yourself a bit of an an urban grooves, bit of rap kind of guy, don't you? I I like everything. Yeah, I, 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 I do. There's there's well, there's elements of every type of music that I can't stand. There's elements of every type of music that I love. But I did, I did like that Collision Course six track release. Was I? I thought it was pretty good. But um, yeah, numb, numb for the uh, for the result. Because I think that's how we were all feeling. And uh, encore for uh, for Murph. And um, shout out to Jay Ash and Timmy Dub for um, getting that. Uh, Getting that right. Perfect. Excellent. Well, we'll start with Murph just before we kick off into the game itself and just a retrospective on the departing club champion. Uh, it's a really sad day, not not just simply the result, but um, it's very much the end of an era, you know, in a lot of ways in that, um, you know, one club player who came to us at what we hoped was the start of something and sort of leaves us unfulfilled in a number of ways, but having done, you know, more than we could have bargained that he would you know, do individually. Um, but just a great Carlton man, Fab. Absolutely. Um, absolutely gutted that the performance that we trotted out for him in his in his farewell wasn't befitting of the, the character of the man and the footballer. Um, Murph gave his all for the club. Um so many times there was this mis, you know, misconception or this this perception that he wasn't tough. You know, he put his body on the line and copped some absolutely horrific injuries in the process, um, in doing everything for the club. And he he will be remembered by 
blokes like me, but especially at the younger generation, he's, he's one of the greats of their era. But I think deservedly he goes down as one of the greats of the, of the Carlton Football Club. I said when, when Gibbs, you know, when he departed the scene, the sad part about of him leaving was that he was sort of the first player whose entire career, he, did, he went to Adelaide obviously, but the first player whose entire career was played at Carlton um, for a lot of people sort of particularly yeah. my age, who you saw game one and the last game. And Murph yeah. is that example, obviously, dialed up to 10. But uh, Timbo, uh, Lechdog put together some really nice stats, just some raw numbers that you know put his career and his contributions in the Navy Blue Goons into sharp focus. Uh, number one all-time for tackles, number one for clearances, number one for inside 50s, contested ball and goal assists. Number three... Uh, number four, sorry, all-time for Brownlow votes, uh, rebound 50s and bounces, and number three, all-time for total disposals. Uh, two-time best and fairest winner, finished runner-up four times and third once. That's a pretty the good... Score, the score assists really stood out to me. Mm. That's, well, that, that's, a pretty, that's a pretty good um, stat sheet, isn't it, Tim? Well, I thought it was actually the tackles was the one that really stood up to me. Now, granted, you know, you play 300 games, there's opportunities for you to lay a hell of a lot of tackles. But I think as a, the, a little bit of the chorus on Twitter sort of was opposition supporters that didn't watch Murph week to week, that would be their criticism, that he's outside, he's soft and he doesn't contribute. I think even we sort of forgot, you know, up until sort of four and five years ago, you know, prior to that, Murph was Murph could be a bit of a wrecking ball at times, and his probably his criticism was he wasn't a genuine two way runner, and sometimes defensively opposition could get a hold of us. But realistically, when you've got an Ed Kerno that can defensively run, and you couple him with a, a Mark Murphy, you kind of get the balance between the two. And and he was such a weapon when he had the ball and those kicks inside 50, the weighted pass to get the leading forward to come towards him. When he was absolutely on song, his skills were exceptional. And we all love the check sides, the bananas, where he could execute so very, very well. But I still think it's, it's the kick into space to be able to drag the leading forward to him. To me, that was the sublime Mark Murphy at his best. Well, you mentioned the two-way running thing, which was a... a a bit of a, a bit of a baseless criticism in the sense that I think there's a fair bit of hypocrisy. If you asked who's the best player of this generation, most people would probably say Dustin Martin. I don't see Dusty doing a lot of two-way running ever. And and neither did Gary Ablett Jr. And, and, and that's fine. Be, that's, he'd probably be the other guy that you would have in that bracket as well. But and you say that's fine. And, and, that's, and you can genuinely be an offensive weapon. And, and, and an offensive beast, and with 18 blokes on the field, you can unleash one guy, give him the licence to be able to tear the opposition apart, and if after a quarter and a half it's not working, well, maybe you just say, look, look, shelve that, man up on a guy, run with him, and maybe try and re- release somebody else. But he was the guy that you'd always give licence to and saying, you will hurt the opposition more than any other bloke with ball in hand, so you're allowed to go. Well, at his best, Timbo, um, the decision that opposition coaches' boxes pondered long and hard was Judd or Murph. Yeah, bang and on. And that was very true. Judd at his absolute pomp fab, you know, he's winning Brownlow medals, probably could have won one more with us, and the opposition are seriously thinking, who do we go to? Yeah, and that's what you need. You need that dual threat um, because if you do tag Murph, then good luck letting Juddy get off the chain and vice versa and... 
that that is is two thousand, say two thousand nine ten through to about two thousand thirteen. He was he was genuine class. Yeah, he was he was very very good to watch. When I when I think of Murph, the game that epitomises epitomises his career, I think was the Port Adelaide round twenty three. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, I was in Apollo Bay, and when he screams at Jared Waite to give him the ball as he runs inside fifty, I yeah. mean, Waite had made the decision of I'm going to have a I'm going to have a shot here. No, and, you're not. <laughs> and, and I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall to hear how ya, how loud uh, Murph yelled at him and exactly what he said. But then when he hit it, and oh, it was just not such only a crisp does he hit finish. It, I've rewatched that. Not only does he hit it, Eddie Betts is on. Yep, and in space and. He needed to kick it, and he did, and it was Captain's goal. His, his, his Captain's entire goal. performance, yeah, it was it was inspiring. Daisy yeah. Thomas, I think, made a really good point on Triple M during the week when he spoke that, obviously, being in the same draft as Murphy, picked two to his one. Um, he said that a lot of Murph's contemporaries, not just from the 20, 2005 draft, but drafts around that era, really had the luxury of being able to build into their AFL careers and be played on a flank or not have not have the level of expectation or not have the level of responsibility that Murph had from game one. Like, yep. Murph came into the game, people talk about how Walsh has adapted or a Matty Rowell, you know, last year. Murph would have won our best and fairest in his first year. Yeah. Had he not been injured. He finished ninth, he missed yep. nine games. Yeah. So, he hit the ground running and it was absolute class from day one. People probably forget or take for granted how exceptional the first part of his career was as a young player and then obviously the middle part of his career when he really hit his straps. Um, From everyone here, from everyone in the Carlton community, from everyone who listens to us, obviously congratulations on an outstanding career with us. Um, We wish you all the very, very best with uh, whatever comes next for you. You've absolutely deserved a well-earned break, well-earned rest. Absolutely. And he's he's really got us a couple of... Well, is it... Did he have another boy or was it... A a little girl. girl. A little girl. girl. Well, he's got a father-son, father-daughter... Potential, so he's, he's 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 done his job on and off the field. And does he get to Zerby's reserve relatively soon, Sean? Is he going to be running around for East Doncaster with Simon White and Sam Rowe and his brother Lee Murphy at any point in time? Do you reckon? I don't even know why he'd bother. Murph doesn't strike me as someone who's who is going to play local footy. I don't. I don't I've got nothing to base that on. I yeah, just I'm, the, see. I'm the same. I'm just like, why would you bother? Yeah, I mean, do it if you want to play with mates and your brother and have a run around or whatever, but, yeah. Just I've just got a feeling up. you'll end up up there. That's that's just – I feel it in my waters. Let's put the feet up. Well, and, and the reality is local footy these days has their own sort of salary cap. And well, he'd be a junior player. He, well, this is it. Because he was a Beverly Hills boy, he's a one-pointer. So you can bring him in. They can play four games in a season. He can play ten games in a season. He only costs you one point. It just comes down to what level of interest has he got. And Fab probably hits the nail on the head. If you've got young kids at home, you probably want to spend time around young kids and you don't want to end up have any unfortunate injuries, touch wood. But by the oh. same token, if he goes, I, I, want to, I want to, you know, he, he has gone through an era of a lack of success at Carlton. He's going, to go success. To, he's going to go to East Doncaster to get that success, is he? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's going to fill that void. He turned but, down Geelong and Hawthorne in the mid-2000s and he's again. thinking, he just you, know wants where, to enjoy it. you know where I'm going to get this success, Fab? <laughs> he's he's done. <laughs> it's just like you and I, Sean. We never won the Champions League. No. But those indoor soccer those finals. Those six, six indoor soccer premierships fill a void in my heart. 
<laughs> that, that Premier Premier League trophy. Just you know, I feel more fulfilled in my career than Steven Gerrard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I got more success to my name. Well, he's never walked any uh, any miles in your shoes, Sean. He wouldn't know. He has no idea what a Monday at the post office is like. Um, in terms of the game, we'll transition on to that. Actually, is there there is a Steve VG at the post office? Is there not? It's a completely different surname, man. Everything, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but there's a Steve VG. Yeah, is he an no. older guy with a grey beard? No, no, because I, <laughs> I got really excited the other day, um, <laughs> Thursday. Um, <laughs> We went up and had fish and chips for lunch up at Tunstall Square just Captain to Gummy. break the monotony. Captain Gummy. Captain Gummy is an outstanding establishment. If it, anyone it is actually in is. The- so we sat there, we had our fish and chips, and off in the distance I saw a, a postman in his um, fluoros, his, in his PPE, right up the very far end near um, near the bakery uh, or near Dolce Mio, mm-hmm. uh, okay. Fabian. And... Um, and I thought, my God, it's Sean. But it was odd because it was like one o'clock and I thought, Sean's a morning Sean. man. No, Sean's um, not going to be there at one o'clock. <laughs> I got very, very excited. I have been and gone. realised the guy looked like he was about 75 years of age. And I thought, that's not Sean. <laughs> Tim got excited, mounted the curb. <laughs> I did. <laughs> want to take him out. The guy, oh, shit, it's not Sean. <laughs> it's not him. No, no, no. If you ever see me out on the road at one o'clock, it's a mirage, Tim, because... <laughs> Absolutely no chance I'm out there past 11. Because you're lightning fast. I am, mate, I am the world record line up and down the pool. Yep. Just a streak of fluoro <laughs> cutting across Doncaster Road with a flash. Now, we want to talk about the game. I do we? Have to. <laughs> we don't, but I think, look, fair being fair, they started What's to well. be said that hasn't been said? Let's well, be okay, we've got to just get... Let me host the show, Dickface, and you can chime in when we throw to you. I thought we started well. I thought the pressure was good. I thought our ball movement was good. We were taking risks. Um, we were shaping up in an unconventional way, given our availability. We were being unpredictable, and it was sort of good. You know, our defensive conviction was good. You know, our intensity uh, in the defensive contest was good. Um, we weren't exposing our defence. And you sort of went... This is actually not bad to watch. It probably won't last, but, geez, this is encouraging in a sense that we're fronted up against a team that would have viewed us as an easy kill and we're making it difficult for them. And they were playing accordingly. Like, they were waiting for somebody else to start it. Yep. You know, we we, we had them absolutely on tilt. It was great. And we just... Whatever happened, happened. We're going to talk about the, the ins and outs of it, I'm sure, but... You just kind of went, this whole thing is a microcosm of not just our season, but the club, our coaching, our playing. We just sort of thought, a good start isn't good enough, Fab. No. Like, 35, 40 minutes of this effort isn't good enough. Like, it's good. Yeah. The way we were playing. It's what happens next, yeah. isn't it? You're like, this is... This is you, you'd go to the quarter-time huddle, or when we got that three and a half goals up, you'd be sitting there going, geez, we're getting good reward today. This is really, you know, just what we're doing, how we're attacking this, our philosophy, our mindset, nothing changes. And then, like the boxer who's just copped a glancing, you know, that the legs got a bit wobbly, and we started to get a bit, oh, no, oh, no. It all became too hard. And I think collectively, not just the players do have to take a lot of responsibility, but I think everybody gave up. David T came down and sat on the bench with his legs crossed. Now, if he did that all year, I'd say fine, but he's obviously just gone, well, there's nothing I can do. 
why do the in soccer fab? Why does the manager, who's obviously sitting in the dugout, why does the manager go to the touchline to bark some instructions to be seen? Yeah, mm. to be a presence. You know, uh, Mark Bosnich. I'm sure we've spoken about this. Told a great story about give him the eyes. But yeah, because, whatever you're going to do, I'm watching. But Fergie would come out to the touchline, and he, he, of course, go. He he would be yelling at someone. Go, but yeah, he might just be out there going, "This is bullshit, guys." As I'm here, and he also used the example that you know United finished halves well because Fergie, if he came to the touchline, is the playing group didn't want to get a spray. Is that what it's the, like? the last five minutes was important. Yeah, he goes, geez, we haven't played probably as well as we would have liked. You know, he's not going to be happy. But if I can do something that's good, he won't spray me. And Teague just doesn't command any of that. He comes down and sits on the bench and isn't demonstrative, isn't talking to anyone. There was a look of resignation. There was a look of no ideas, out of ideas, out of hope, out of imagination. You know, we're going to speak Tim, about that. Yeah, but Sean, if you had ideas, he would have... Showed us that he's got some by no, now. He wasn't waiting. We're going to speak, speak, speak about this. So, before, you know, we obviously need to motion now into everyone's favourite segment, the 121 Media. Big question. Plural. I might need to alter yeah, I was that. Say, it hasn't been a question for Because we don't want to talk about the games, because the, the last couple of weeks have been horrendous. So we want to fill the show out with chat about not the match. <laughs> about peripheral <laughs> things. So, uh, Timbo... Yes. First big question is strength and conditioning. So yes. our players can't navigate training. They can't navigate the, the main session on a, whether it be a Wednesday or a Thursday, and they haven't been able to all year now, thanks to, um, to Marcus on, on Twitter who, who tweeted us this during the week. So on Tuesday, Jones is out for the year, not yep. with an ACL. On Wednesday... <laughs> I told you, I told you. On Wednesday, Harry's ruled out for the year. I'm not going to necessarily lump that on the team because he had the injury, obviously, which he's been carrying, and it was exacerbated last week in that contest. That's fine. On Thursday, Silvati's out for the year. On Friday, we lose Jack Martin and Zach Williams. <laughs> and on Saturday, we lose Cripps. We lost six starting 18 players in five days. Five it, it, days. It was bizarre. It was, it, it's been an ongoing commentary um, about our ability to be able to stand up, about um, announcements of injuries midweek and, you know, this criticism of the the side that we're picking and and who's in and who's not out. But as you said, it was the availability of players in the last sort of six or eight weeks. There was always just another one that just suddenly became unavailable out of nowhere. And you'd get your your injury report from Jack Russell on a Tuesday, whatever it was, and then all of a sudden... Why are you even putting this out? If you're like Tim, you'd be like, why are you even publishing this? Yeah, yeah. And, and and the sad the sad not so much the sad thing, like now that they make those publications um, for us, the supporters eat it up. Like and, and we actually we love to hear like we would hate to hear that a Mitch McGovern's out for eight weeks with a hamstring or whatever, but you sit there and you're going, right, he's out for eight. Next week when he's out for seven, I just want to hear progress. How, how's he going? Where's he at? And, and, and it gives us a look in and it gives us a feel and it gives us a little bit of hope and you're tracking where guys are at. And, and it's actually a really nice part of footy at the moment. I, I, it, I quite enjoy it, but then I've always enjoyed the, 
<laughs> the injury part of, of footy and sort of understanding what can go wrong. And You're a weird we- unit, Timbo. I am a weird unit. Yeah, I, I don't for one it's moment. The doc- it's the it's, doctor. It is, it is. It's the doctor. It's the medical. But, it's, but you're, like, even you sort of watch injuries and go, well, what were the mechanics of how how did he move in such oh, a way don't that, do me- this to yourself, that his Timbo. MCL got torn or whatever mm. else? It, it's just an interest. It's a weird, a weird fascination that I have. The average punter looks at it and goes, Oh, he's fucked. Timbo goes, Oh, it looks like a hyperextension of the, uh, the patella tendon. Or what the hell? Absolutely. And that's for some reason. Most doctors, I, their, their experience is based on actual, like, practiced theoretical. <laughs> Tim's just watched a lot of sports injuries. Well, it's funny. I, I seriously entertain studying physio. Um, and it was always something that I was interested in. We offer that now in a drive-through drive service at yeah. DU, but that's a whole other story. You kind of have studied physio, just not like officially <laughs> or through any registered body or agency. No, no, <laughs> exactly right. But back onto your question and the comment that you sort of made, um, yeah, our injuries, our injuries have been – and the hardest thing is so many other – commentators will tell us the injuries that GWS have had and the impact on their season and St Kilda. I mean, injuries, St Kilda's injuries have been to blokes like fucking Dan Hanabry, who basically hadn't played three of the previous four years of footy and yet they were surprised by that. Um, Paddy Ryder is in and out all the time. He, he, he's a big out. Michael Hurley hasn't played at Essendon, but he's a huge out for them. Um, and as we sort of said, you could put together a pretty damn good starting 18 for our football club, and yet you will not even hear a whisper from the media that Carlton has been compromised in any way, shape or form. Do you think It's all a, our own fault. Do you think that's an interesting topic? Do you think that's because there is significant pressure on Andrew Russell and that pressure is obviously to retain his position at the Carlton Football Club? Our club communication strategy has always been a little bit bizarre... Do you think that's as much about protecting the employee? Because if we go out and do what a normal football club would do, which is stress to your commentators, geez, we're, you know, cupboards a bit bare because A, B, C and D are out. Geez, we're, you know, we're really having to blood youngsters who might not be ready because you know X, Y and Z are missing as well. Well, that just creates the question about why are they missing? Geez, there's a lot of them. So well, we actually want to spare yeah, ourselves that yeah. conversation. Yeah, look, you're probably right, and and we you've gone to great pains at times during the year to talk about um, the voice of Mark Lajudice, oh. the voice of Brad the lack Lloyd, thereof, oh. yeah, and the lack thereof. There is nobody else that's sitting at a rostrum, Kane Little, telling telling us the plight of the on-field football club. It's been left to David T. And, and he's a little bit – he's more process-driven. We understand that. So he's not going to walk in – by nature, he's not the sort of bloke that's going to walk in with that excuse. And to that to that end, I actually respect the guy because he's, he's going to say, well, you give me my 22 players, 23 players, including your medical sub, I'll fashion the strategy. That's my job. It's Andrew Russell's job to make sure that as many of our 45 are available for selection. You can then argue about whether the selection is right and all that sort of stuff. But – there's been precious little commentary about why do we have 18 guys out and has it been, I mean, Sam Doherty, that's bad luck. You know, there's a lot of bad luck that's going on. You know, when David Cunningham landed awkwardly and hyperextended, that's bad luck. That happens to a lot of, not a lot of players, not every player, but 
players throughout their careers or throughout a season, there'll just be an unfortunate action that ends up in a season-long injury, but entirely avoidable, but it just happens. Um, you would have seen the Caleb Marchbank incident when he did that against Box Hill, Sean. You can be unlucky, but the volume of work we're putting in into guys in training, the 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 proliferation of stress-related injuries early in season, whether it be backs, shins, feet, all that sort of stuff. There was too much of that going on. And now late in season, we're getting soft tissue injuries in training. And, and, and you cannot help but say at some point the conditioning has missed the mark. Well, the you know, issue, whether, yeah. whether it's just a maintenance side of training that just hasn't been done or they've gotten tired, we've exposed too many guys too much, the workload's been too much, the bodies are failing. The problem I've got, Tim, is that not only are too many of our players seemingly not durable enough or breaking down with the injuries that you've just mentioned, we aren't even actually getting the trade-off of the squad being aerobically fit either. Yeah, that, that all of a sudden you have 10 dead-set workhorses that the have gotten through the because it's, of this hard training, but nobody else can stand up to it. It's not that, geez, guys are breaking down, but we are fit. Like we are, yeah. we're running on top of the ground and we're fucking, we can run all over the top of teams late in games. We're getting none of it. And important Correct. players are injured. So, Fab, when people talk about, you know, what a Carlton need in the off-season, you know, recruits, what are our holes, what do we you know, need to go and target? You know, what problem areas do we have? The problem area we've got is the treatment room. We need yeah. Marchbank to be fit, Martin to be we fit, need, McGovern to be fit. We need availability. Kerno to be need. fit, Cripps to be fit, Cunningham to be fit, Williams to be fit, Docker to be fit. They're all walk-up starts in our 18 that make us a much better, more dynamic team that are all unavailable for long stretches, or in the case of a Patrick Cripps, um, incredibly underdone for whatever reason, who are hamstrung, which in turn hamstrings us. Yep, absolutely. The availability is is one of the biggest weapons a football club can have. If you've got your best 22 to select from, you're going to be in with a chance. Now, we've I don't think we've ever assembled anything close to our best 22. So... That's one thing you, you have to give David Teague and say he's never really had our best side available to him. So in the off-season, we need to strategize to say, this is where we need to... Round one, Richmond, is that's where we need to get to. We need to be peaking and ready and having everyone available for then. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Tim touched on it earlier. Ja- um, Jack Martin knocking knees in the last 15 seconds of the game against Collingwood in round two. Not on Andrew Russell. No, that's a freak accident. But a guy like Mitch McGovern, who's got a history of soft tissues, doing his hamstring and missing 12 weeks, you're like, well, yeah, that's what we need to consider. Patrick Cripps struggling with a back injury all year. Yeah, that's what we need to discuss. You've got to look at a Zach Williams, who hasn't been fit, I don't think, at all, all How season. How many games has Zach played? About 14, maybe? I don't know. But all these guys, you listen to even Caleb Marchbank comes off a really, really long layoff, really long layoff, ruptures his ACL. Like, there are links, there are causalities between all of these things that haven't been managed very well. So we'll move on now to the second big question, uh, Fabian. So the, and the, an- the answer is 14 games for Zach Williams what for what it's worth. Fucking, that was another great pull for me. Oh, Sean, you've got it in front of you. I don't. No one's ex- no one is thinking that. Oh, can, on. can I share my screen? No. 
That was I said, well, I just imagined he'd miss 14. Anyway, I was correct. No need to labour on that. So the board challenge and the review, Fabian. Now, we've largely abstained from comment on this, and to be honest with you, that's, that's due mostly to a dearth of information or explanation you know, for a lot of it. What we need, it's obviously been delayed until February, I think they said it was meant to be in a couple of weeks' time. We need someone from the club, Sayers, whoever it might be, is the incoming president. We need him to front up about a lot of things, but explain why you want to push through these motions, mate. Like, there are certain changes, Fab, that they're, they're putting up that would pass uncontested. Like, they would be non... They, they don't, I don't even know if they realistically... If they even need to go to a vote, you'd kind of go, most people would go, not a problem, just pass it. But there are certain others that you need to sell to the membership base. You actually need to sell to us. Why do you want to reduce the number of board members seeking re-election each year? Why do you want to remove, remove the requirement for board members to have been a member for two years? Why do you want to raise the threshold of signatures required for an EGM? Explain them to us. Come out and say, A, B and C, these are the reasons. There's one thing you missed. Why, with everything else on our plate right now, do we need constitutional reform right now? It's not a good time, is it? It's like, just, read the room. Where are our resources at, at, at board and football management level? Where, where are we focusing on? We, it, we just, there's too much to do. And more importantly, Fab, what do these motions look like to those of us on the outside looking in whilst all this is going on? Yeah, no, it, does, it doesn't... Just from an optics point of view, it doesn't it doesn't it just, come across well. So I think there, that there, there just has to be greater messaging because, as you sort of say, Sean, there's been no messaging. No, 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 there's been I, none. I, absolutely. But I think the other thing we probably need to remember is Fab's got sorry. Fab's hair looks a bit like Johnny Bravo. It's very high. <laughs> <laughs> Again, not good on pod. It's on a bit a, like Ace, on an audio it's, medium. It's a bit Ace Ventura, Ace Ventura like as well. <laughs> Think about that. I've got, I've got no, uh, I've got no product. Yet. I can't, have, I can't use product. The um, why, why not? <laughs> yeah, why the, not? That's no, the sort of I've, thing I've Tim would say. Ceased, like, of course you can. I've ceased one of my immunosuppressants, and if I use product, my Head gets itchy for some stupid reason. But oh, I'm just going to say your hair falls out. Hair's still here. But what we, wanna, what we want to talk just in terms of this is all very so, fascinating. Sean, Sean, the only thing I was going to say is at what point in our history were we still uh, a football club with, say, 20 and 25,000 members? Because right now we oh, have. Mid to late 70, 90s? Se- yeah, 70,000 members now. I, I think the structure of the people involved in the football club has changed dramatically from what it's been in the last two decades. And my and, and this is me just purely playing devil's advocate, maybe the board is just putting in place that's something more re- reflective of that number of people. The timing of it, all things wrong. Tim. The lack of discussion about it, all things wrong. Tim, that so, is entirely that's that is I've got no problem if that's the explanation. But give it give it to us. But tell yeah. us. If you want to yeah. rotate the board less so you can attract better caliber board members with longer tenure to give them more time to discharge their duty, no tell problem. Us. Say it. If you want to yeah. remove the requirement that a board member has to be a club member, so to open up the chance to bring on board an outstanding person at short notice do it, tell us. And then yeah. I spoke to Fab about this the other day, that particular one for me, keep the two years in, just have us, the membership, vote to, under extraordinary circumstances, grant an exemption yeah. yep. to waive that clause. If 
use an example that way back when Ahmed Fahur was the CEO of NAB and the CEO of Australia Post. Well, if he's not a Carlton member but expresses an interest in joining the board, put it to us. This is the candidate. We think he's going to do this, 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 and this to our board. He does not meet criteria A, B, whatever. We would like to waive this or grant him an exemption to join the board. Most members would go, okay, yep, no problems. Yep. And just ratify, not a worry. Like, you, you can't... I just I don't know. I think you you can't distance the club from an accusation that a lot of these changes is self-serving. Are self-serving and to lock the rank and file member out. And that's yep. not what this board should be pursuing ever, but especially right now. Cuz you think about it guys, like their their grasp on control of a football club is tenuous at this point in time. A well-organized and, and a listener of the pod, a good listener of the pod, has often said this to us, that he has said this to certain members of the board, a well-organised ticket would roll you. I've yep. gotten into a heated debate with someone I'm fairly close with. I won't use names or tell you how or just tell what us who my relationship is with him. But just, just tell us who they are. No, no, that's because it's unimportant, but effectively... Well, why mention you know, it then? No, but I'm saying that the discussion we're having... There's people like him who believe the board are doing a a good job and that the list is shit. And it's like, I just, I can't have it. I can't have it at all. Well, what about the review, Fab? So a lot of commentary around the review, which has been tabled and obviously discussed on Thursday night. Good on the club. It looked like there was going to be more leaks than the Iraqi Navy coming out of um, that board meeting on Thursday night. Just a throwback reference for you. Um, but obviously they've been read the Riot Act and managed to keep their lips sealed, which is a, a refreshing change, to be honest. I found the commentary coming out of the club about the releasing of the findings of the review a little bit odd, or the rationale for them not to do it. Like, I don't need the warts and all commentary, Fab. Just give us a top-line bullet point. The headliners. This is what the review has found. This is the recommendations of the review. Because, mate, who stays and go is going to clue us all in. You know, we, we don't have to hire mm. bloody Poirot to figure out the findings if we sack the uh, coach, the assistants, the footy boss, and the strength and conditioning guy. Unless they want to do some work, some background work, prior to this coming out, which may hinder potential candidates in certain areas and, and what have you. I just think it's funny, isn't if it? There's, if, if there's some sort of strategy behind why I can understand it but ultimately I think there needs to be some clarity on what the review has I, I, has concluded I respect the need to protect reputations and all that kind of stuff no worries but it's going to be pretty clear who's been found accountable given who stays or goes mm. like yeah. that's you know we're not going to it's not going to be a puzzle to put together we're going to go okay well obviously they were found to be this and they're not up to it and we're going to try someone else but Timbo look last one on this one the fact is that the next couple of weeks are incredibly important for key figures at this football club they get one chance to get it right they'll live and die on what happens in the off season and, and the start of next year um, you know we don't want to labour the point as we say a bit but if they're seeking to consolidate an established power base now is not the right time to do it because they are on shaky shaky ground it's uh <laughs> It's one of those stages as a supporter where you know change is coming and just everything isn't right. And so it's that meme of 
you know, seeing Michael Jackson eating the, the popcorn and all that sort of stuff where you just, you know that change is coming and you're just fascinated to know what does it look like. And it's, it's not going to be change for change's sake. The review's been tabled. We know that they're going to go in with a strategy and until they actually articulate details of the review itself, all we can do is sit there and going, all right, well, that move's been made because we had issues with this area or the organisation. This one's been done for this reason. This one's been done for that reason. And as, as you say, you're going to have a million and one reviews. You've just got to be able to take the right stuff out of it and then you've got to put the right people in to address where your failings are. So it's going to be it, – it's, it's a terrific time as a supporter to be able to sit back and see what happens. Um, I welcome it. I'm excited by it. It scares it scares me that we could still fuck it up. He's, but he's, Tim's excited. He's got a bloodlust. He's excited <laughs> well, to see. Well, it's, it, it's a little bit like that, and and you know the personnel I, changes, Timbo, uh, are going to be self evident what what they are. It's the it's the cultural and and chain of command yes. changes that we don't see. That I think that that's where I think we all know. I think we all assume that David Teague and, and the vast majority of the football, the oh. assistants at least, are gone. Yes. Are gone. So there's going to be, you know, a broom taken to that end. But, you know, what cult, what changes do we make culturally, yeah. managerially, like how we run? Yeah, who, who, who do you bring in yeah. to tend to the fabric of the football club because as you say on-field talent will be what it'll be you, you can only turn over playing lists so often and and we have we, we have been we, we've been brutal in the way that we've gone about it and almost every bloke on our list you can now look at him going he is there for reason a b and c and and We've always talked about how there's this significant gap in experience between the ages of probably 26 and 30. So it's going to be fascinating to see, do we look to add anybody in that or do we just say we've come this far in the rebuild, we've got a hole here, we're not in the finals yet. In another two years, the 26 to 30 is 28 to 32. You're not adding them. You're just going with the core group of youth that we've got and hopefully having enough leadership along the way, getting the fabric right, getting the young kids to take ownership of the plight of the organisation, and that's the way that we move forward. That's the side of it that, to me, we'll, to sit back and to know what Nick Austin does, because as all the football department goes, it's Nick Austin's baby right now. So I'm, uh, I'm fascinated to see once he gets full control, because we talked this season about players that we rated that weren't getting a shot were they going to be part of the future moving forward? Well, if the people that were holding players out are no longer with the organisation, is Nick Austin one of the biggest fans of a, a Will Setterfield, of a Lockie O'Brien, of a um, you know Sam Petrovsky Seaton, Michael Gibbons, you know these sorts of guys? Will will they still be at the club, or are they the guys that are making way for the next core players coming through? Because Matt Kennedy was gone this time last year. Now he's one of our better midfielders and he'll secure his future moving forward. So there, there are a lot of questions at that level as well that are to be played out and it'll start in, what, seven days' time? Mm. We've got to talk now about, uh, obviously, the coach. So David Teague and who's to blame is the heading I've got here. Oh. Fab, like, ultimately for a lot of people, you know, we use the term Stockholm Syndrome, that 
when is enough enough? This this isn't about yesterday's results in isolation. This is a pal, a, a pattern of fa- um, it's a pattern of performance and failure, a pattern of you know failing to compete, to adapt, to yep. dig in. You know, realistically, it's really hard to appraise yesterday's performance. Fair being fair, based on who we had out on the field, etc. And we're not going to do that. But what it means moving forward in isolation again actually doesn't really. It could mean nothing really quickly. Yeah, but what comes out of it needs to mean everything. Absolutely. So I've Absolutely. got a couple. I've got a couple lists here that, just in terms of, of people kind of going into bat for fatigue, and we'll do the old media writer because everyone's grown a conscience over the last week or so because they know what's coming. He's yeah. probably a great guy. He's an awesome guy, and everyone loves him. And blah 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 blah. No, no. Tim, uh, these last two seasons have been during COVID. Oh yeah, because we, we were the only team, mate. We're the only team affected by COVID, apparently. But <laughs> yeah. the, the the excuses are nauseating. Give him yeah. more time. Give him better assistance. Give him more recruits. Give him more draftees. He just needs a better draw. You know, we've had a really tough start to the year. At what point is the net of all that too much? No, it's now. Not right now. <laughs> like, at what, like at what point it, it, it are probably, those assets a misappropriation? It, it probably was mid-season. And for all those who were saying, oh, but look at what Bomber did and look at what um, Dimmer did and all that, which I just think is... What about Brendan McCartney? For, for every, you know, Mark example Neal. you said that worked, there's a thousand examples that didn't. Now, I think he was given his chance mid-year. Okay, you, you want time, you've got the back end of the year. I personally would have liked to have seen them be a little bit more aggressive to say we've seen enough. But he's had now the back end of the season and arguably, yes, while we've won more games, we should have won more games. It's actually come out worse for him. It's the thing, isn't it, where people are talking about his record and they're talking about like, oh, he's got the best record since... Ra-. His record's like 42% or something now. And you're going, that's just not good enough. Like, and fab. It's a, the, the, uh, the projection or the progression as well, it's been downward. It's yeah. been a downward trend. He's worth like fab. From 44% to 40%. Now it's going to be like 38 or something like that. You do not get time to learn as, an, as a senior coach of an AFL football club. That's, There's 18 of these gigs. That's it. Fab, being the senior coach of a football club is not an apprenticeship. It is elite sport and the expectations are clear and they are non-negotiable. As soon as you take your first training session, the clock is ticking. Yep. I've seen people say the next coach needs more than two and a half years or blah, blah, blah. No, no, what gives you time, Fab? What buys you that time is results. That's right. And that, that that's not necessarily wins, just an improvement in method, an improvement in consistency, an improvement in individual players. If we can see that Essendon and North Melbourne and Adelaide <clears throat> and even a Sydney, that these teams have rocketed past us, that's when you ask questions. Because they've and had less time say, to get if it it's done. A, if it's a, if it's a recognisable game plan and style that everybody goes, we are absolutely all in, this is the way that we're going to play, we're learning it a bit, we're putting a few more kids in, and it's the steps backwards to take the steps forward. You're going, well, I'll, I'll take another 38% season if there's clear and obvious direction. You, Tim, you know what it is? You have to be able to see the little pieces of the puzzle coming together. 
you have to be able to and, see and, a game and us plan. as a group for two years, we haven't seen it. And, you know, we, everyone has get, said, is Teague the guy? And for so long, so many of us were saying, well, I'm not going to hang him out to dry because I, I can't make a judgment on what it is yet until I, I understand what it is. But you go two and a half years in, and I still don't know what you're trying to do, and we're no better mm-hmm. for it. And it's the, like, there's mate, the there's thanks. the promise, there's the the nonsensical idea that what we haven't seen will happen. Yes, yes, which and, is just and, dangerous. And that this guy is the absolute best guy in the entirety of the Australian football industry. David T is the best person to be coach of the Carlton Football Club right now. Can't have it. And this is the thing, Fab. Like you know, as we said, you got to you got to see all the little pieces coming together. You got to see the game plan. You got to see us executing what it is. You got to be see us being able to adapt to the rhythm of the game. You know, not be beaten the same way every week. We've got to be predictable. The little little things, scoring easy goals, or certainly being a lot harder to score against. Like I'll give you the example, Fab. You're a Chicago Bulls man. The Bulls sacked Doug Collins. Yep. What happened next? What happened next is a uh, story for the ages, Sean. Yeah, we we're got not Phil, saying we that got Phil Jackson in and uh, went but, on to become one of the greatest franchises in uh, in history. But the Bulls, the point being, the Bulls would have been well within their rights to go, things are actually quite good, aren't they? Might a playoff. But, but, like, we're making the Eastern Conference finals and we are getting mm. better. Like, things are actually, things are good. But somebody went, they can be Could better. be better. Yeah. yeah. And we should explore the possibility, how do we get better? So with regard to the board, Fab, you know, just double back in a different way about this. People want to talk about the board. And absolutely, they've been a massive part and they've got a massive role to play in where the club is. Clearly, they do. And clearly, we need greater accountability. But they don't hire people into these key posts to fail. They don't hire David Teague to not work or Brendan Bolton, or Mick, or Rats, whoever it is, Andrew Russell, Brad Lloyd, they don't hire people to fail. But once it looks like, geez, this isn't going too well, it becomes about how quickly can we identify it, how quickly can we be decisive, how quickly can we, re- can we realise, might have got this wrong. And not waste yeah. another session, another game. When do, another. You, when do you pull the pin? That's, you know, you don't get... You know, you, you get so many chances. Like you, you can't have fifty cracks that are trying to appoint the right, no, the right people. But you know, in a weird way, better, better people than 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 people on our board have made mistakes in appointments before. That's fine. It's just about how how long you let that mistake fester. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and the important part, Fab, becomes. Yeah, okay, you've made what you hoped was a right decision in appointing person A. Well, the more important aspect of that is recognising when it's a wrong one. Absolutely. And, look, I think you know, we all... And, have, and having the... and Having the, having the minerals. To, to pull the trigger and say, no. Nah. This isn't working. Correct. I think the fascinating one is Andrew Russell, because if he's still contracted moving forward... If he's gone about it with a certain style and a certain program, with the right level of um, cons- consultation with other people and other thoughts, but this is the thing, Timbo. You're he, talking you can about change the philosophy because but, you, but you're he, talking he, about he oversight. Can shift. He, came, he came to Carlton for a bigger portfolio. Yes, he came to Carlton for expanded responsibility. 
And that was part of the carrot of him getting getting into the club. And it just hasn't worked at all. And look, ultimately, everyone in this, um, we're all guilty, every single one of us, of wanting a conviction, for lack of a better word. When, when things go pear-shaped, we want a conviction. Who's to blame? Well, it's not just as simple as David Teague. There's a lot of people to blame. And hopefully this review can identify the faults and the failings and, and where we need to improve. Um, we'll move on now to our character, Timbo. Now, we need a blood transfusion in the off-season. You spoke about leadership. We need, you know, preferably somebody who's got a bit of hard bark on them. I'll use that phrase again because it's one of my favourites. Um, it's one of those funny things, just as a sidebar. Rewatched uh, No Country for Old Men, and Tommy Lee Jones refers to Anton Chigurh as having hard bark on him. And I was like, huh, that's really good. And then during the Field of Dreams game, Kevin Costner used the phrase to describe someone. <laughs> and I was like, huh. it's like, you know, when you... you you're thinking about buying a car and all of a sudden you see that model of car everywhere? Maybe Kevin's a listener. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Shout out to Kev. Shout out to Kev. <laughs> Shout out to Kev. You had a good year. I'm a fan of Waterworld. It gets a bad rap. But. You're the one. <laughs> it's one of those. It's not as bad. I don't know. It's not as bad as people you know, think it is. But after the game, Tim, you know what spoke to, would have spoken to me as a Carlton fan, as a, as a really rusted on Carlton you know, member and, and the like? Somebody, I don't really care who it is, a player, a coach, an administrator, don't care, front up and be embarrassed. Yeah. Be pissed off. Put yourself out there and say what we've served up in this season and last season is unacceptable. I remember Jamo, when I worked at the club, we did a social club sort of post-match thing, and we had a really disappointing loss to the Bulldogs. I think Jared Grant kicked a couple goals late and... It was just oh, a microphone head. Yeah, it wasn't I, good. I remember it. I but, hated that guy. But Jamo took it upon himself at this social club thing. He got up really briefly, and, and it wasn't about apologising or whatever, but he got up and he kind of went, look, guys, we just the, today was not good enough. Yeah. I'm really, really disappointed for you that you know we weren't able to get a win, blah, blah, blah. And I just thought to myself, it's a nice little touch, but it's even better that you did it, A, off your own bat, yeah. and you actually mean it. Yeah, and, and as a supporter, you'd probably almost say, well, thank you for your honesty yeah. because we hurt in that period as well as supporters um, and we hurt because your effort wasn't where it, and, and your output wasn't where it needed to be um, and, and we walk away disappointed and if they turn around and say, yeah, that one's on us, we should have done better, you, you, you actually sit there and you're going, thanks, you know, I, I you believe know, you have, and you have some empathy. I wonder yeah, if the exactly club. Right. Oh, I do wonder though if the club would veto it. If you're a leader, if you're an Ed Kerno type or whatever, and you just went, "I'll do it." Yeah, I'll talk, and I'll just. I'm just going to call a spade a spade. I'm not going to pot yeah. anyone. I'm not going to pot. I, any, I, I'm not going to appreciate it. Yeah, I, go, I'm not going to pot. To say us 22, obviously the 23rd player didn't play. Um, we should have done more. It wasn't good enough. Go, it wasn't and, AFL standard. We're go, better particularly, than this. Particularly given. Murph's contributions and Murph's last game, uh, that was really, it's just unacceptable. Disappointed yep. doesn't do it justice. You know, we're deeply embarrassed about what we've served up at times this year. Um, blah, blah, blah. Just actually own it. I, I, I wonder if the club would veto it. I'm, I'm probably talking out of schedule at the moment, Sean, but... Probably. What happens next week? Who gives a shit? Well, no, like, honestly... On the back of that performance, there needs to be a change. Obviously, Murph's not going to play, even though they our lack of players... Him. I think he may need to play. <laughs> <laughs> we might carry him off again. 
Um, it's the world's but, shortest. But, you did carry him onto the field. Because <laughs> um, does Sam Ramsey get a gig now? Yeah, with one out. I mean, obviously, Samo Petrovsky Seaton being the medical sub is the guy that probably. I don't reckon Teague would play. <laughs> I reckon if Teague had a gun to his head, he wouldn't play Samo. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Well, and and we'll play him at fullback. <laughs> God, I'll play and him all right. So far into that back line, you're not going to be able. I'll to play get him out. okay. Yeah, I'll play him all right. <laughs> and if and if uh, like with one round to go, I think. You don't need to sack Teague. You don't. You don't need to embarrass the guy. Now he's come this far. You give him one more game, and he asks for, for effort or whatever else, or or they make the call that he will coach, but it is his last game. I, I don't know. I, I just don't know the mechanics of it. But I'm just fascinated to know what what do the twenty two do this week? Well, this is another. You have skipped ahead a bit, but sorry. Just in terms of Fab, you know, in terms of moving forward, I put the note out on Twitter last night and. What this club needs to do, we've probably spoken about this in the past. You know, there's only so many times we can have these conversations without repeating ourselves. But whoever is coaching us next year, I would love them to do one thing. Day one of preseason, get the whiteboard out in the corner of the, the theatre, where they obviously do their, their pre-training meetings and the like. Go around the room, Fab, Timbo. Just go, what does the competition think of us? Warts and all. Just go seriously. What does the competition think of us as a football club? The players might not even know that, Sean. I, no, that, I, I wouldn't be asking them. I'd just be putting it up there. No, no, I'd this, ask them. This no, is but the this, external you perception them. of you guys. No, you ask them and you go, because if you don't have anything to say, I'll tell you what they think. Mm. So you'll get, you know, soft, etc., whatever, all these words. And you go, we put them up on the whiteboard and they stay on the whiteboard until we Rock, aren't that. Rocky style. They stay Rock, up there. Rocky had the cutout. On the mirror. Of Drago. Of everyone. He even had it of Clubber. But you go, you put there, you go, these words and these perceptions of us are true and we should treat them as true until they are not. Hmm. So they stay up there until it, you make them not matter anymore. Go, and just leave them there all year. Go, That's what everyone thinks about you. They think you're inconsistent. They think you won't turn up. They don't think you run both ways. They think they can push you around. We'll stop looking at them when you stop making them true. Like it's a, it's a hard one though, isn't it? Because you don't want to be surrounded by that negativity as well. I but this know, is I, things in both. We've tried it every other which way. Yeah, no, no, you might be right too. We tried right. it every which way, and you go, you got to, as a coach live or die on. You know what? We're swinging for the fences on this one, and this is the yep. thing that's going to get us up. Because yep. you go, I I don't think you're that those things. You're going to show me you're not those things, and then you're going to start showing each team you aren't. And slowly but surely, you're going to turn everyone around, and that's how we get better. Um, yeah. The jumper, uh, Fabian, people always spew on about, you know, playing for the jumper, and they go on rants about, you know, oh, they don't want to play for the jumper, or they don't know what the jumper means. That era's done. That era's yeah. done because the club made it mean nothing. The club has severed all ties with that era. We spoke about diluting the jumper last week. All this crap about players not playing for the jumper, it's over. It's, it's done and it's gone because the club... Just stop giving a shit about it. The club stopped impressing on players the importance of the of our history and of our past champions. It marginalised those guys. It made them not feel welcome. So that's on the current administration and the leadership, which we mentioned earlier, Fab, have been deafeningly silent and have not been up to scratch. What was the uh, what was the catchphrase we used a couple of years ago? Was it honour the past and 
respect the part. Was it one of the embrace the future or something? Yeah, we did fifty percent of it. Oh, we tried to do 50% of it. We did 20% of it. <laughs> did 6.35% of it. Forget the past. Don't worry about the future. <laughs> Fuck the future. <laughs> Live in the now. Yep. And look, ultimately for me, and I put this on Twitter again yesterday, Fab, that the Carlton Football Club head coach role will appeal to a Ross Lyon or an Alistair Clarkson for one very, very important reason because they come into the football club knowing they're the alpha. Yeah. They come into the football club knowing that the president is desperate. They come in knowing that the CEO needs a win, and they come in knowing that the footy boss is either on his last warning or wet behind the ears. You know, he's, he's either Lloyd or brand new. It is absolutely ideal for their kind of personality type to create a cult of personality that the club gets on their shoulders. I'm the one driving this. I'm the boss. I'm the alpha. And the rest of you, fucking, I don't care what you have to say, what you have to think. You've hired me because you need me, and that's—I think—that's a good thing. Yeah, as I say, and probably—it's probably what our club needs. We need yep. certain people. Timbo said it a couple of weeks ago when we talk. We spoke about the Bomber Thompson review and the whole "you're doing too much." Like focus on coaching the team. That extends to other people doing other roles in the football department and at the club as a whole, you need to focus on A. Stop worrying about A, B, C, D, and E. Your job is A. Your job is B. So don't worry about getting involved with A, C, and D. It's Don't worry about cutting A's legs off. I don't think the non-football people will be telling people like Ross Lyon and and Clarko what to do. No, which is good. Because oh. mm. you need to have unflappable faith and confidence in your own ability. Yep. And you look at a guy like T, he just doesn't have it. Um, that's the end of the big questions. Uh, what I want to see yesterday, Timbo, you know what I wanted to see? Just wanted to see some care. And for 45 minutes, I reckon we got it. Yeah, we did. Fair being fair. We actually got a bit of it. We got a lot of it early. You just yep, went, yep. geez, that's good. And we then, went Josh DeLuca very early, but when wheels fell off, it was it was embarrassing. It was really embarrassing to just sit there and... To be honest, I expected to be smacked 60-plus yep. points. Yep. But the manner, you know, in, in your mind, you go, well, that's 60 to 80-point loss, which I was expecting in circumstances. Well, I still don't expect us to win when we're three, yeah, three to five goals up. But shit, I don't expect us to lose by a hundred points either. Well, you don't, you don't, con- you don't expect to concede nineteen goals. And if the final score, up, we, were fi- we were five goals to two up. If you get beaten twenty-five goals to ten, you go well. You know, we we fashioned five goals in a period where they were able to find twenty-three. 23. <laughs> That's <laughs> which, not great. Which still, which still isn't good, but at least. At least you're trying to put some scoreboard pressure on. You're getting it the other way. You're putting it in dangerous spots. You're giving you're giving a shit about it. Tim, the first two goals for them, they were you know. Tim, you know what it is. Well, Todd Marshall had dribbled off his foot. Well, no, you know yeah. what it is, Tim. They, they didn't you, fashion anything. You guys know about this better than me, but it's the idea of the little kid going and watch the team that he doesn't really know why he supports them. I'm not really sure. This isn't my team. This is Dad's team or Mum's yep. team. 
and I'm here. I'm, I'm not really. Yeah, you've bought me this Guernsey, okay, and you bought me this, and you bought me this flag. I have no connection to this team. But when they kick a goal, you see the little kids. You're a hundred points down. There's little flags waving. Yeah, it's one of the best things. But their little their context of this is shit. Well, no, because they're new to the game and we've kicked a goal. So, as you said, I get what you're saying. Well, right now, guys, we didn't kick any goals. We didn't kick any goals. Like, we the didn't un- do the only good thing, Sean, to that end is when you're at the footy and you've got your little flag, if there's a fella eight seats along the play barracks for Port Adelaide and he's got a flag as well and he's waved it 19 times in a row and little yeah, Johnny's exactly gone, right. Dad, when do I get to wave my flag? Next <laughs> year. he's doing it an awful lot. <laughs> <laughs> next year, boy. Next year. He's telling, next time, Port Adelaide kick goes. Just get up <laughs> and wave it. Just wave it anyway. Just get in, get involved. So, look, the chicken salads, um, much to the much to the chagrin of um, of John O'Brien and David King. <laughs> this guy was phenomenal. Yep, he was outstanding. No, Sean. Dixon's first touch, mate. Thirty degrees more to the right. Dixon's first touch. Was a, the, the softest downfield free kick you'll see all year? Correct. Absolute disgrace. Shouldn't have even been his. Shouldn't have even sh- been his. He should have been touchless for a half. And then the next one, I think his third goal was another pretty soft. They were both grabbing each other, and the umpire plucks out a holding. He gets another kick. Mm. Dixon was pathetic, and he came to the party when they were kicked fucking fifteen goals in a row. But he did. He did, and he was yeah. frustrated in the third quarter. Weathering absolutely had him. He absolutely had him in his fucking pocket. And John O'Brien, because he made a stupid comment earlier about how he was, oh, he's really impacting the game and all that sort of stuff. And clearly, in the background, they've all gone, yeah, John O'Brien, he hasn't had a touch, hasn't had a touch and So it became his hobby horse to be able to get his own credibility back by praising the slightest thing that Charlie Dixon did right. In the meantime, all he needed to do was say, Actually, Weathering's probably got a hold of him today. He's definitely he, he's definitely outplayed him, and and you know we all remember the day that Liam Jones was in great form going into the Sydney game for the last game of the year, and he actually still played quite well. But Buddy kicked ten on him, and if the way that they talked about Charlie Dixon during that game, you would have thought Weathers had had ten kicked on him. That's and the frustrating thing for me, Timbo. Like we are obviously biased; we've got our rose-coloured glasses on, but at the same time, you'd go, "Geez, four probably flatters Charlie in the end." Fucking oath. Given the Absolutely. performance of his direct opponent. I think two would have flattered him, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. No, look, we once, once they set the narrative, and a lot of the times it's it's unjustified, like they just stick by it. Yeah. Aaliyah, Aaliyah, he had a good game. I'm not going to say he didn't, but Jesus Christ. The way we moved just... the ball, mate. The way we moved the ball, you and I could, was... you and I could have played across half-back and got a couple touches. Yeah, and, like and it was Char- Charlie was trying to get a couple of cheapies and all that sort of stuff. What about the one where they were crapping on about Charlie? I tweeted this as well. Charlie led out to the fat side of the ground, and Aaliyah didn't go with him. The only reason Aaliyah got the ball, so Charlie had read that initially Jack Noons had shaped to go across the centre line to Correct. switch because he was facing that way, and Charlie set off out to the fat side where there was nobody there. Nunes has obviously checked back, gone back outside to the bench side or the broadcast side of the ground, and we transitioned a bit straighter, went to sort of true centre-half forward. And they're all going, oh, well, where's Charlie? He'd cooked him. Yeah, he'd done his job and And the ball just didn't go out that way. And you went, you've won five premierships between you. Like, what are you watching? 
It was just, he's read the ball and gone, we're heading out this side of the ground, and he's motored out that way. We didn't end up going that way. Yep. That's all it was. It wasn't a Lear's beautiful or reading of the play. No. He would have gone and just, he would have just trotted after him if the ball went out there, and Charlie would have had an uncontested mark. But the other thing is, Rashido probably wouldn't have sat there and probably would have his, his, his crows get beaten by two two points the previous week, and Alir Alir was the difference. So he wants to praise, oh, he's you know he's in magical form, and it's the only reason why my crowies didn't win last week. Uh, so he's going to do everything he can to be able to pump up his tyres as well. And then again, you just sit and there and go, fairness, change the fucking channel, champ. In fairness to Charlie, he hasn't played football in two fucking years. Well, I think we can all forgive him having a bit of a lack of rhythm. Yeah, absolutely. Like, let's absolutely. I actually thought, as we were, as the game was progressing, Charlie was actually getting on his bike. And he was. He was covering the ground all right. Yeah, so... And look, the way we moved the ball... Small well, little pieces of... Um, the, the options that we had the options that we had further up the field for him, it was, it was not good. We didn't support a key forward yesterday. One bit. No. Uh, no. The other chicken salad actually doubles as my heartlet handball. I thought Corey Durden did a he couple a of fine. nice things. <laughs> he did a couple of nice things. He handballed through his first goal. It's a firecracker. Which, which was interesting. But I thought there was a couple of nice little signs. Looks like he's got some good pace. Looks like he's got a good step on him. Um, actually, further to the step. So I thought Paddy Dow did some really nice things in tight yesterday, uh, which was pleasing to see. But, yeah, Durden, uh, does anyone else have a Hartlett handball? I thought he was... Yeah, I think he was absolutely the Hartlett mm-hmm. handball. The, the, the tackle on um, Carl Amon, um, left of screen, so it must have been, what, first quarter maybe even, where he absolutely drilled him just outside 50. Um, and, and sort of he's gone, I'm going to tackle you, I'm going to tackle you with some genuine intent as well. You've gone, okay, we've been waiting for something. You've given it to us, and and yeah, put him on his backside. Yeah, it was fantastic, and you thought there's a bloke that cares about it. He's been waiting for his opportunity, and he's taken it with both hands. So I loved it. Um, I, I thought Brody Kemp at times was good. He was putting himself in the right spot. He seemed it's a hard, to be. Look, it was a hard day for him in defence. Yeah, a horrible day, and and like he was he was shifting between Todd Marshall and Peter Laddams playing his first game of footy at one ninety two or whatever he is, um, with the ball coming in awfully quickly. He, he looked nervous, and I thought a couple of times he's, he's, he wasn't quite as clean as he might have been. Um, but realistically, he was no worse than Sam Phillips' debut against Essendon, where he just it, the ball just didn't bounce for him. He couldn't get his hands on it, and yet we obviously have an opinion of him as well. So um, terrific that he got the opportunity. and Collectively, we were much better against Essendon, though, Timbo, whereas Brody Kemp was playing aside the- he had no one, no leadership around that. Does anyone that, else? That, that's what's shit. Um, yeah, and this will go on to the chicken shits. It, it's it's so disappointing that two guys playing their first game who both come out with the appropriate enthusiasm um, get let down by the lack of leadership and support of players around him because they've just got to say, this is the way that we go about it at Carlton. He could have walked off the ground yesterday and gone... Is that the way we go about it at Carlton, is it? Is Mate, that, we're the, is we're that the what we're inverted, about? We're the inverted Wizard of Oz. They're walking into a sepia... <laughs> you know, yeah. They're walking into a sepia wonderland. Going, this is yeah. shit. Um, <laughs> anyone else got a chicken salad? Josh Honey was my other chicken salad. Just his start, 
his intensity, his speed, his finish. He was lively. He was, lively. He was fantastic. Yeah. Okay. So I that like was that. what I wrote down as my chicken salad. Uh, chicken shits. I've got, got a couple. We, we spoke about fitness, which is obviously a concern. We've just sort of touched on, and, and with the weedering chat, the isolating our defence and, and how difficult it was to play in our back six. And, you know, nobody defends like we do. You know, we've, we've spoken about that a number of times this year. It's why we're so easy to score against. Um, we don't need to labour that again. Um, imagination. You know, we've touched on it a few times. So up in the coach's box or down on the bench when, when Teague went down there, we're getting monstered. We're getting absolutely annihilated. What did we do? What did we change? What did we have a look at? It appeared to be nothing. 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 Oh, looks at and things, funnily... Yeah. It was hard. To, I'm sure they tried to do something. But this is the thing. Be you're bold. Looking at be, that going, be bold. Be a, be a maniac. Be an absolute mad scientist because... We, we couldn't win a clearance mate, to save our lives. Funnily, you know what my attitude is? It's much easier to explain a 20-goal loss where you've visibly thrown the magnets around and just tried everything and gone, mm. we've moved him here, we've moved him there, we've tried. We've just had a look at a whole bunch of different stuff. It's much easier to explain that and justify that and rationalise that than it is a pretty meek 95-point loss that you just sit and watch unfold. Yep. Like, surely you'd, be, you'd be at least be able to front up in the press conference and go, we tried a few different things, we moved A here, we tried him there, we thought we'd give this guy a look there, Stocker in the middle, Kemp, you know, a little bit higher up. Maybe thought we'd try Kemp at centre-half forward for a little bit, push Mitch McGovern back, blah, 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 blah. There's so many options and permutations. Throw the magnets around, at least so we can see it. And we can go, oh, that, that, look, that didn't work, but at least we tried some different things and the margin blew out by four or five goals more than it otherwise would have. Who gives a shit? Because just try something to disrupt the rhythm of the game, Fab. They look resigned, Sean. We seem the to... Co- the coaching staff, oh. look, David Teague, if he is if he is a reflection of his overall coaching staff, he looks resigned. We, we seem he, to plan, and I'll be interested to get your thoughts on this, Fab. We seem to plan for one thing, which worked yesterday for a while. But as soon as it stops working, we don't have anything else. And it's almost... It's rats. It, it's almost... Rats yeah. plan was to be pretty good, but as soon as we needed a plan B or something... A derivative of Plan A, it was nothing. We seem to be disappointed. It was nothing. We seem to be disappointed as soon as the opposition react. And the opposition go, okay, this is what they're doing. Well, we don't want them to do that anymore. That stops. We just keep things that aren't working in place rather than go, okay, we knew that they would react to this if this started working, so what we've got to do now is we just keep keep doing the same thing. Right, but there's a generation of people who have grown up hearing people or coaches and in the football media say, stick to your own game. You know, you just have to keep executing. If we Ugh. execute our game, Sean, then no. It's got to it stick to the work. process. This is competitive sport. Stick you to need to be able to have multiple game plans. Oh, well, you know, they didn't stick to the game plan. The game plan should be good. There should be derivatives of the game plan. Every week should be different. Every opposition should be different. Fab's breaking up a bit. It's like he's coming to us from the International Space Station. <laughs> You're just chopping. Um, and then one last chicken shit. We don't want to, once again, we don't want to sort of spend too long on this because it doesn't need to be um, talked over too much. But we all know that Essendon fans are complete scumbags. Um, no one should be surprised. No one should be. They've got the old 
uh, always the victims, it's never your fault sort yep. of attitude. Um, some of the narrative and some of the discussion around Adam Saad is appalling. Um, no one understands, obviously, what got the better of him yesterday. For a fact, he, he had the exchange with Butters, and to me it just looked like he was a bit overcome by emotion of the situation and his retaliation, which is absolutely not in his nature, um, which is totally fine. He was on the bench and he was very emotional. To see people taking glee in that or any kind of satisfaction was appalling and just, I think, tells you all you need to know about that group of absolute, I'm going to say it, Fab, cunts. Shout out to Leslie. That's what they are. (laughs) To a man, woman and child, and you can say that to Benny Fay or whatever the fuck his name is. His tribe tribe are a pack of cunts. To an absolute man, they have no redeeming features. They are just indefensible pond scum. And the sooner... I don't disagree with anything you are saying, Sean, but I'm starting to get sick and tired of getting any sort of enjoyment at looking at other opposition. And I know that's not what you're doing. You're just pointing something out, but I'd rather just focus on my own club and not have to worry about them. That's exactly what they're not doing. Yeah, I know. This is a team that should make finals and should be playing finals this year. Is uh, Butters in trouble? No, I don't think so. Um, the SI Morales Memorial Buston Most Heart Award, uh, I think this week there's only one man that gets it. It's Jacob Wittering. Yeah, okay. I was going to say yeah. maybe Josh Honey, but I'm Mate, happy with Josh Honey, what is, he was okay, Tim. No, no, no. I, but <laughs> the list is mm. short. <laughs> the list yeah. is very, very nah, short. He, his nut was busted, Jacob. So um, He was down there, one out, in the cage, with the big grizzly bear. That 40-metre punch was sensational, wasn't it? It was. It was a cage match, wasn't it? Can I just go back, and I, and I jokingly mentioned it a while ago, but when David King said, oh, if Wittering had his time again, you know, he'd punch it a little bit more oh, David boundary King. side. Like, David, for fuck's sake, you cannot control. Speaking we, shit. We, David when you're King's wrestling one Charlie Dixon, who's arguably one of the biggest blokes in the league, to get side on and managed to get a fist. Do you think he's directing it? No, mate. Mate, this is a guy... David King, this is a guy whose entire career was about being an unaccountable rebounding halfback. He would have not the slightest understanding of being in a contest, let alone with a man the size of Charlie Dixon. He he said some things yesterday, Kingy, that were legitimately embarrassing to hear come out of someone's (laughs) mouth. What about when he was... That was embarrassing. Was it, what about the tackle that Travis spoke? You got to. Oh, I'm big on protecting the head. You got to protect the head at all times. Travis spoke slammed his own head into the ground to win a free yeah. kick, and then he tackled, goes. He got tackled. Oh, <laughs> he landed on his hip. Maybe, maybe that's maybe that's not a free kick. Goes, yeah, no, he, no shit, the kid. <laughs> fucking painful. Uh, now we move on to the. You've got mail. Mm, the mailbox. Uh, so we'll whip through a few of these quickly because Fab's got to be out of here soonish. Um, Daniel, is Kemp going to be a long-term mid-forward option, or they waste him in key position defence until he leaves for a better club? Uh, what skills are transferable from key position defence to mid that will help him in the long term? It just seems stupid to me. You've shed some light on this in the past, Kimbo, that there's a misapprehension about Kemp. Well, it's funny. He um, he's he's and I, I said it on Twitter this week. He's he was all been a career defender. When he got selected as part of the AIS AFL Academy, 
they challenged him in a few of their practice matches and they played him through the midfield. And he's a good footballer. So he he ran with it. He started flying the footy. He impacted games. And they started playing him. When he'd play up at uh, Murray Bush Rangers, um, he would still be more defence, but they were staying running a bit more midfield. And then during the National Under-18 Championships, when the game was on the line, they tossed him forward and he bobbed up and he took a couple of marks. He kicked a goal. If it wasn't after the siren, it was as time was running out and won one game for Vic Country. And he was he, he really genuinely impacted. But that was purely pinch hitting. Um, when we recruited him, I did think we've probably recruited him to be a midfielder eventually. But any guy who's cutting his teeth, and we've seen it with Liam Stocker, just because you've rec- been recruited with a certain set of skills doesn't mean you debut well, this is into thing. that position. Ooh. So he, he will still do a an apprenticeship, and his strengths and what is David King one would is is in defence. So the fact that he played there, albeit against you know a, a tall forward line, so and and we were you know short on soldiers down back, it was obvious that was where he was going to play. Mm. But even with a full list, he would have been playing off a half back flank, back pocket manning up on a taller guy when he debuted, regardless of when it was. I think, Timbo, too, that particularly at, at underage level, when you're Brody Kemp's size, um, there is the lure to chuck him in the middle because he's he's just big and he's domineering and he can go and win some ball. Yep. Well, and look, the day that he hurt his ankle, um, uh, the syndesmosis injury, he was playing an intra-club match and he was playing sort of more midfield that day. And he, I think they said he'd had eight possessions in his the first quarter and he, he, he had it on a string. He'd done a really good pre-season. Um, and from a sliding doors perspective, if he never had that issue, then maybe would have, we would have seen him playing a lot more midfield throughout the year. But he didn't, mm. so he hasn't. Um, and, and again, what becomes fascinating is, you know, we'll re-sign him and extend him another year or two or whatever the, 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 the time frame will be. Um, he does another big preseason. He puts a couple of major injuries behind him by a further one or two years, and we keep on moving forward. So that's, um, that, that's all we can do. Fabian, we've got a blast from the past here. One of the pods, OGs, Stephen Raitman. <laughs> Steve-o. Uh, still driving the buses, still listening still to Still driving us. the bus. Forgetting the second half, supporters were up and about, about Honey and Durden and others. Um, how good was it to see the kids take it on? And that's a glass half full. It was good. It was. Look, I was. I think we all sat there and thought, it's refreshing. It's refreshing to see all these kids who have been waiting for an opportunity to kind of take it. You know, collectively, they were all kind of in and, you know, the energy was up and just to see them actually getting some reward for it was, was good. Unfortunately, it just didn't last too long. No. And that's understandable with young kids, obviously. And it's, their it way. wasn't on the kids, like no. I said, it wasn't on Kemp or or Durden or that. Honey. When the wheels came off, that's their, it's their first game of AFL football. Mm. It's like they, they would have been looking around, going, "What the fuck do I do?" And there was no, nobody around to kind of help them out. No, uh, Peter Carrick said the worst part is not just the fact that it's the same old place. We're in the same old place again. It's that we're totally irrelevant. Nobody cares what we do until we sack a coach. The opposition clubs don't fear us, and commentators and opposition fans and experts don't think about us at all. And that's what we spoke about earlier, that don't ignore that. Make sure that everyone in the club, everyone in that playing group, has a cause, and the cause is to rail against that. 
and to win back that respect, put it up on the whiteboard, refer back to it, like to make sure that you should actually have some pride and some, some you know, chutzpah, as uh, the aesthetic beast would say, to, to own your performances and to go, I don't want to be known like that. I don't want my reputation to be that. You know, Fab, we've spoken a lot about the whole everyone loved the fucking last dance, yet have not taken a learning out of it at all. No. And you go, yeah, love the last dance and, oh, you know, Mamba mentality at Kobe and that crap. But you've got to actually own, well... You've got to do it, Tom. I've got to actually go actually, and do it. You're actually going to have to put in the effort and, and the work. You can't just say, oh, you know, I want to be like MJ. No. There's all the intangibles the that need oh, to be it, done. Was it a Gatorade And all song? the hard work. Like it was I had a dream that he was me, me. like Mike. If I could be like Mike. They want to be like Mike, just without the success and the hard work yeah. and the reputation. Um, I dream I move, I dream I groove, like Mike. If I could be like Mike. Craig Foster's got in touch, not that Craig Foster. I think we should consider trading Cripps home. Big calls need to be made, and if his performance drop in the last two seasons is due to himself or partner being homesick, it could be a win-win. I don't think the club has a mandate to be re-signing any players until the review is implemented. Well, he, he is re-signed, and so he ain't going anywhere. Look, I look to be. To, we, we spoke about this, Timbo, when Cripps was not yet signed. That whatever happens, the club will endure. Like ultimately, whatever happens, who stays, who goes, who comes, who coaches, the club endures, and you just hope that they get better year on year to the point that they can. Contest, uh, contest a premiership, you know, win a flag. But, like, no one in our position, except for pretty much, there's probably three players who are completely untouchable. That's Walsh, Wiedering, and Harry. And it yep. was Cripps, Sean, a couple of years ago. But everyone has a price. Hmm. Whether it be in a trade... Or a contract, I'll just keep talking till someone chimes in. Everyone has no, a price. I, I, I agree. Yeah, it's Am I a mute, mate? I did. I just chimed in. <laughs> Look, Cripper's Cripper's been an unfortunate test test case because he's had two seasons of significant debilitating injury, and had he played for another club with more wins on the board and other certain situations, he would have been rested a whole lot more than what he was. We've asked him to. Um, to, to play injured and, and again, significantly injured, um, which probably I don't think is great from the footy club, but it, it, where we're at and that desperation for relevance and all that sort of stuff has seen us, you know, make those demands of him. And, and, and that's been the fascinating thing. You know, when you came to a, um, a new contract, you had to recognise that level of service and what he'd done for us, um, albeit, you know, the caveat on that is, well, are the best years of him behind him? I certainly hope not, but you could justify, and certainly opposition supporters will probably be screaming from the rooftops, he's done, his best is behind him, you're not going to see that anymore. Well, I'm, I'm prepared to back in the professional that is Paddy Cripps and work to be the best version of himself that he can be and, and give us the, the, the effort and the hardness and the physicality that... Um, that, that is his signature, and so long as he's doing that, then the other 21 blokes work in and around that. Our biggest problem for so long is that Paddy was doing it all on his own. We don't want him to do it all on his own. He, we want him to be a big cog in a bigger wheel. So, The Patrick Ewing theory, maybe. Uh, SDP, the, the picture of the dog, is it a beagle of some description? I'm not sure. 
not good with dog breeds. Can you explain to me why SPS was not in the best 22 yesterday? I don't understand all this talk of him being moved on. I feel we've mismanaged him and we're going to toss him aside. It makes no sense. Is there something else going on? Well, Fab, they've just stamped his papers for whatever the, reason, that way. whatever the reasons are and he'll be used as a make-weight in a trade for Adam Cherry, you'd imagine. It, all things point to that being the case, that, um, that our first pick and Samo will be heading to WA. Um, I, lo- I love when people say he's heading home. He's from nowhere near Perth. <laughs> nowhere near it. The long commute. From 800 kilometres away. Right? He's probably more. He would, the only person who would spend more time in the car going to and from work would be you, Fab. <laughs> You're an idiot, Sean. Shout out to all the Uber drivers out there. Yep. Um, um, but yeah, yeah, it's a hard one to know. They've obviously made up their mind on him and... He's not alone, and yep. there's a couple of guys that'll be tossed aside with him. Fingers uh, crossed. There's a Brendan Favola type situation agree. here, where the new coach comes in and goes, "No, I want you, and you're not going anywhere." Agree completely. Tom Linton uh, would love to have the new coach spend the first month determining which players really, really want to be winners. Sadly, we just don't have enough blokes that care or have the required desire. In the words of Sonny Weaver Jr. to Bo Callahan, "How important is winning to you, Bo?" Did he read the playbook? Did he have the hundred dollars at the back stuck to the back of the playbook? It's a good point. Point there, um, David Patmore. Hey guys, love the pod. We can't afford to stuff this up again. Thoughts on Ross? Do his issues with sexual harassment claims in Freo rule him out? Especially in light of Carlton respects. If he's out and Clarkson says no, what are the other options? I'm, I'm going to say this. I the Carlton respects program. I, I'm fully supportive. Of everything that do he stands for. Do you respect the Carlton Respects program? I don't think this, you do. This, this perception that Ross is some sort of... Sexual deviant. Yeah, sexual predator or whatever. It's just nonsense. Um, I don't think something of that nature would stand in the way of us appointing Ross Lyon. Very good. Michael Cerevolo, are we the worst side in the AFL right now? We lost to North and Gold Coast. The Hawks are on a roll. I can't confidently say we'd beat the Crows or the Pies again right now. Timbo, I think we probably are the worst team. Well, I think with those 18 players unavailable or not being selected, what's left just isn't up to scratch. And and if you're reliant on hardness and effort and um, some sensational strategy that keeps us competitive... Um, the reality is what we're dishing up just isn't it's it's industry trailing. Uh, James, it's shit, Timbo. It's shit. It is shit. We should. It's a shame we can't record in person. We would have got uh, Tony on the line. Um, oh, he said why not W A Y why clip no play is what I got. <laughs> quads, Tony, quads. Uh, James D, what happens, just consider for a moment, if Teague is, is kept on for the remainder of his contract, to quote the great Club Lang, pain. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's because he, he, he eyeballs the camera and it's just, pain. <laughs> I like, is that when they go back, no, it's not, is it? When they go back to the studio and the guy on the thing goes, Rocky Balboa was a fine champion. I wish him well. It's like, this is the most backhanded thing. Uh, we'll go one more, we'll go one more, we'll go one more. Prediction? Yes, prediction. 
John Ryan. John Ryan, what would you do with Fisher over the preseason? Persist with small forward development, keep him in the middle, or something else? I would play him. This is going to shock everyone. Play him on the wing. Yeah. He looked good going through the middle yesterday. When we were on top, Fish was involved in everything. He started well. He was good. So no tackles, yeah. Just need more of it. Yep. Excellent. Well, that does us. We wrapped us up early. Fab's got to be somewhere, so he'll have to leave soon. You've got one more point, dear Fab. No, no. I just wanted to give a shout-out to a, a young girl. I want to share a story as well. Just a, a young girl called Amelia. She's a four-year-old who's been recently diagnosed with pre-B acute lymphoblastic leukemia. Um, her mum, Nadia, is working on a a project to raise money for the Royal Children's Hospital Good Friday Appeal, something that's near and dear to uh, Timbo's Timbo's heart. So, um, look, I just encourage people to, if you're on Instagram, to go to Amelia the Brave with underscores in between the names to um, just, you know, see her journey, um, links to um, various things on there. And um, I know Nadia is working on a project, as I said, to, to raise some money. So you'll be able to follow that on that Instagram page, Amelia the Brave with underscores in between. So um, fingers crossed for her. She's a, a, a battler, a fighter, and um, we're all thinking of her. So, um, yeah, if you can, venture over to that uh, Instagram page and, um, and follow the links. Here, here. Very well said. Here, here. Yes, no four-year-old should have to be going through anything like that. No. Absolutely. Let, let alone their family as well. Yep. So, I've got some news for you, Fab. Just as we go to the outro for this week's episode, you, the Carl Football Club, been dragging their heels on a decision that's been in the offing for far too long. I'm not going to make that mistake. You've been sacked as the Prender DJ, and I'm what? taking over again. Um, so, you know, there won't be any late-night board meetings or scuttlebutt about whether you hold on. I'm sacking you here, and now you're done, you're out. Uh, and I will be picking the song again this week. Um, it'll probably be playing now. I don't know. So, um, what has Timbo going in the podcast? I'm, I'm just looking at it right now. So it's prelim final. It certainly is. Geez, if you fucked up here, this could be a double win for me. <laughs> We're clearing the decks. <laughs> What's happening, Timbo? Are we up? Um, oh, that doesn't sound promising. <laughs> No, no, I am uh, the You're current predictions see the Ian Prendergast with a score of 2,371. Yep. Comfortably accounting for the footy heads at 2015. And I'd, uh, yeah, I was going to say I'd played the sneaky Look vice at captain this loophole. Bastard over here. We said, it, the, hey, we said it, Fab, but it was Premiership or bust. Yeah, well, and looks, or so next week I will play in a grand final. Clunes, Mosquitoes does, does look like they're going to get up and win. They're looking to score 2,434, so they'd be 63 points ahead of us on the projection at the moment. But old Lockie, and I'm not quite is sure who Lockie available is. next week, Sean? No, 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 no. I'm <laughs> going to see this to the uh, the bitter end. Has a club um, ever sacked a Lock- man? Lockie will be undefeated going into the grand final. This is going to be one of the famous victories. This is going to be, you know what this is? This is the New York Giants and the Pats. Now, I think, has a club ever sacked a coach grand final week? Uh, they have not. That would be unprecedented, but might maybe have to do it. We might have to. So, excellent. We'll keep a track of that. Uh, for Sean Peterbudge, thank you very much for listening in. For Dr. Tim Davis. Always a pleasure, Sean. And for the giant idiot Faber Ganoush. 
Arrivederci ragazzi. If you know or can guess the theme of this week's Prenda DJ song, tweet us, hashtag Prenda DJ. We'll catch you next week.